Hello, Modern Adventures in Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I've got the giggles for some okay, reason, I don't know why. Um, I'd just like to say, we made our set, or rather Rob made us both tea, and he's made himself a significantly larger cup of tea than the one that he made me, so... That, it's tea maker's privilege, I think. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But anyway, um, so we're here with another episode of Adventures with Words for you. Um, In new surroundings, actually, so it might sound a little different. Uh, we're at Rob's parents' house because we're um, back in Colchester for the weekend. It's um, Rob's grandma's birthday, just before uh, Rob's birthday, so mm-hmm. um, hence the change in location. We went to see a pantomime in Colchester last night, which was, uh, well, maybe that's why I'm still laughing. It was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen on stage. It was quite extraordinary, I know, actually. I know it wasn't. It, oh, yes, it was. It, there we go and continue uh, yes. yeah etc um, it was absolutely hysterical it was definitely the evening performance script um, yes the um, yeah pantomime dame was channeling Lily Savage and there are a lot of jokes that the younger kids hopefully didn't understand I, I suspect probably the, the kind of matinee performance script is, is a different one but yeah that was the the pantomime and the, the Mercury in Colchester um, which yeah was just absolutely hysterically funny so um if you're in colchester and essex do go along i'm sorry international listeners you're probably going to miss out on that one but um there we are it's kind of a a british tradition so there we go so we have some feedback or follow-up from last fortnight's show so uh which we're talking about comfort reads but before we do Mm -hmm. we've got our second ever speak pipe so if you didn't know you can go over to adventureswords.com and you can actually leave us a voicemail and uh, which we can include in the program yeah which is really nice actually so if you just go to the front page of adventures with words there's a little button that says sort of click here to record your message and you can just effectively just kind of leave us a voicemail um through the speaker on your laptop or phone, you know, phone or, yeah. or whatever and it can be like a comment on what we've been talking about on the podcast or just a general message or a question it can be if you're looking for a book recommendation you can ask us about that or anything really you can just kind of leave us a message and so we got this message from melissa which is very nice hi guys it's melissa from canada calling just wanted to say how much i enjoy the show and uh, to encourage you guys to do more good work look forward to new shows bye so thank you very much, Melissa, for your comment. We'll aim to keep going on the shows. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. It was very kind. Now, last uh, fortnight, you were also you were talking about the archers. Uh, I was because that was one yes. of my not a comfort read, but a comfort listen. And you weren't sure if you could listen to it abroad. I, we were pretty sure you could, but um, someone's left a comment. Our homes has left a comment over on the blog that says, "I'm in the US and listen to the archers as a podcast." Love. So uh, if you are in the US and um, you're wondering what I was talking about with regard to the archers, it sounds like you can find that over there. So um, off you go, give it a try if you like the sound of it. And finally in the follow-up, Anna sent us a list of her books. She's called them Escapist Books because we were talking about what we go to sort of for comfort reading. So uh, we'll put a link to her blog in the show notes. But I thought I'd quickly skim through uh, the books that she picked as her sort of comfort reading 
and yeah. what, what you thought of this. So the first one she's got is going back to PG Woodhouse. Um, some Righto Jeeves is her one. Yeah. I can see, I good, can see that working. Good to have a laugh. Yeah. And in a similar sort of vein, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the oh, Galaxy. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I love the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know you do as well. Yeah. Uh, third one she goes for either an Agatha Christie or a Dorothy L. Sayers. Mm-hmm. Bit of classic crime. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that. I was, I um, talked about the um, Robin Stevens books, um, which are very much in the kind of golden age of crime style. So this is, you know, this is obviously the the mm. type of thing that inspired them. Uh, a more recent discovery for Anna was Hotel de Lac by Anita Bruckner. Um, she says she was holidaying in a resort by the lake, breathing crisp mountain air, and Edith was in my ear whispering her observations about the guests. Mm. I've not read read any Anita Bruckner, no. but I know that um, she's very popular. Uh, kind of been rediscovered by a lot of people lately. So, uh, one that we have read uh, is some Stefan Zweig as well. Yes, um, really enjoyed, and I mean loved um, loved the the recent film adaptation as well. So. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, yes, I thought that was amazing. We read some short stories, didn't we? Yes, that was really enjoyed those as well. Uh, next up is The Fly Trap by Frederick Schoberg. Schoberg, I think, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schoberg collects hoverflies on a remote island in Sweden. Somehow this is one of the most comforting, wise books I've read, and she highly recommends it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read That's, some out? That sounds fascinating. Yeah. And that um, links along to Tove Janssen, the summer book. Um, you might know Tove Janssen better as um, the woman who wrote the Moomin stories. Mm. Um, and the summer book is um, for adults. Um, but I'd I'd highly recommend um, if you if you love the Moomins, um, the the characters you you might be more aware of actually from the cartoons. But if you read the books, they're actually a bit more dark than you might be expecting. But they're these are most amazing kind of fairy tale, um, almost kind of folk tale type stories. And if you read them as adults, they're really quite multi-layered and really beautiful but her writing for adults is quite wonderful as well so i i would highly recommend those and then i mean she she sort of recommends a few different sort of sweeping just really well plotted fascinating kind of mystery stories um so things like burial rites by hannah kent which i really loved Uh, the woman in white by wilkie collins that is a fantastic mm. mystery story as well. Absolutely love that. And um, she also mentions the Essex Serpent. Oh, yes. Which um, is actually all set around um, Colchester in this yeah, kind of area. Which I'm a big fan of. You really should read that. Yes. Yeah, I really I still haven't got around to that. And I really should. Tra- some travel writing. Well, yeah, we don't need to read every single one of these. But yeah, travel <laughs> writing is a great idea. And then um, also some kind of more futuristic kind of technology things to get you thinking about um, science as well so lots of really really good suggestions there um, in Anna's blog as well and we'll put the the link to that um, in our show notes yeah you can go to booksonthegonet.wordpress.com if you want the, the full list there and yeah to explore the rest of Anna's blog yes so uh, we'll give you all the links at the end but do send us your thoughts on anything and uh, we'll try and include that in the show so yeah so we've had a busy sort of fortnight. We've had two trips to the cinema uh, to see some recent sort of book-to-film adaptations, haven't we? Yeah, so one that is out now and uh, already very popular, I'm sure everyone would have heard of, and one that is coming up soon. So um, if you are a fan of Harry Potter, I'm sure 
that you all know about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So starring Eddie Redmayne and um, Carmen Ijogo. Um, it's set in New York, so we're back in the 1930s. And um, in the Muggle world, you've got um, kind of the lots of lots of kind of rise of um, fascism type stuff in the real world. You know, not in the real world, but in the Muggle world. Well, they're not called that, are they? Over there, no, yeah. except yeah. they're called nomads in America, but mm. that's but in Europe in they're Europe muggles. We're muggles. Yes, so that's why I'm saying muggle because <laughs> that's in Europe. Um, but in America, it's you know nomads is the word that they use, and they're they're being very isolationist. So um, they're not really thinking about that, and they're they're just thinking much more about the sort of technology growing up and building up New York and um, sort of raising skyscrapers and things like that. They're recovering from the Wall Street crash and industry starting to get going. But yeah, they're, they're not really wanting to welcome anyone. Um, they're suspicious of people coming in and bringing new things with them. Um, yeah, there's, it's funny because it seems to me there's like, it's quite a lot of parallels to it's things. Almost, uh, it's, it's almost like it's mm. lots of parallels to things that are going on nowadays yes, things seem to have come a bit sort of full circle mm. but uh, should we start have you read the original book yeah i have sort of so, so it's an instruction yeah. manual um, and yeah in the original which is fantastical beasts oh is it oh right i don't know i think i think that's right well, you, um, you, you talk i'll have a look if you want to look at that yeah. so in but in that original book which is by Newt Scamander it's basically more of an instruction manual about how to find these amazing creatures where they live how to look after them that's that's what it's to do with and the film if you don't know is not quite like that it's a story that's sort of inspired by those those ideas um, but it's turned into a different story so the idea is Newt has gone to New York and he's gone there to find a particular creature and then he's got things in his um, suitcase that he brought with him which he carries with him everywhere and they get out and cause yeah. havoc. It's a bit like a Mary Poppins suitcase isn't it? Yeah and he mentions while he's there, that he's at the moment working on his book called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And that becomes a textbook that they, they yeah. are taught in Hogwarts. Yes. Yes, which J.K. Rowling released for Comic Relief. Yes. Along with a Quidditch book. So yes. that is where this mm. book then appears into our world, which then inspired the film and so on. So, mm. again, kind of comes yeah. around in a circle. And it's her first, well, that I'm aware of, her first screenplay. Yes, she's she wrote yeah. so it's um, and it's very much the same Harry Potter team, same director, but this time mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling herself has written has written the script. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say I very much enjoyed the film. Yeah, I did as well. It was yeah. actually nice not to know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. in a Harry Potter. Yeah, because I was one of those people who kept up with the books. And mm-hmm. So I'd always, I was always witnessing the film after I'd, I'd read it. Uh, yes, yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, so I. Um, I read the. F- I mean, I've talked about this many times, but yeah, I read the first three books, or one, two, three, um, and then after that, I read the books as they came out. 
but then that meant that, you know, I'm sure this is the same for both of us, we'd always read books ahead of where they were making the films. Yes. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was um, quite a nice little sort of romp. It does have a lot of... of stuff to set up and that's been some of the criticisms that's been mm-hmm. aimed at the film and this is the start of a new franchise i think yeah. they've said there's now going to be five mm-hmm. but I, I enjoyed it i think i wanted to know a little bit more about newt uh he, he i think there were qu- there were quite a lot of things that are hinted at to do with mm. newt that i presume they're gonna fill out uh, yeah i would assume on. will be fleshed out more and i think it it does rely on you being okay with the fact that this is definitely one of a series yeah um this is you know that you know this is part one and as long as you're happy with the fact that this is part one and there are going to be more and that you're happy to wait to find out more then that's okay yeah. Um, if you need this to work on its own and need to know all the stuff there is to know about Newt just from this one film, then there's you don't. I mean, it does have a start, middle and end. But, um, yes, I mean, in terms of the plot, you do have a start, middle and end, and I think that definitely does work, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that that worked really nicely. Hmm. But it was good fun to be back in that sort of world. I mean, we've both now mm. seen The Cursed Child, so that's, this is our second sort of go at Potter this year. And yep. it was just good fun to be back in that world, but it also it felt different in the same way that The Cursed Child felt different because that's also 20 years or so later. Mm-hmm. This is obviously set before you're in a different sort of... We've seen we've seen Muggle London before. Yeah. We've never sort of seen a different country. I think there were, there were certain things about this film that I actually enjoyed more than the Harry Potter films. I think the fact that this was fresh and not something where I felt I'd already read the book version of the story, I enjoyed that more, that I didn't know what was already coming. The fact that I felt like whenever I was seeing um, an adapted Harry Potter book on the screen, I felt like there was so much... Because I think um, J.K. Rowling is very good at the little details when she's writing the books. Mm. And I always felt like, I think because she wasn't the one writing the screenplay, I felt like quite often you didn't really get all the nuances yeah, yeah and and yeah. quite often there was quite a lot of bits that got left out which i mean is fair enough and you know you can't put everything on the screen but sometimes i felt like actually some of the quite important bits didn't make it you know and i suppose that's just you know that's personal choice but you know sometimes it just wasn't quite how i would have done it well, it must have been quite you know. hard then, because they would need to know which bits, which little bits to keep in that would yeah. suddenly become important but two I, books down the exactly. line. Exactly. It is very hard. And, you know, how do you know which bits are going to be the really important bits? It, it is very difficult. Um, and particularly because, really, those Harry Potter books, each one is a bit like its own kind of detective story. Mm. And then there's a whole overarching yeah. story with all these clues and red herrings and so on. And, you know, how do you know what's going to be the really important things to keep in, leave out and so on. It, it is really difficult. And I think Jim 
generally they did a really good job, but it's just some are better than others. But yeah, I mean, also, let's be honest, some of the Harry Potter films are great. Some are a bit ropey. I think the, certainly the first <laughs> two, and it's not necessarily it's, the kids' fault. No. Because they were so young. But yes, but I mean, the they, book... It, they take a little while to hit their stride, yeah. shall we say. And I think the books do improve as well. Yes. And you can only, there's only so much you can do with the source material. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. They're not, they're a, they can be a bit hit and miss at the start. And then I think the third one, they really kind of get cracking, you know. Well, the third one wasn't directed by Chris Columbus. Yeah. So he's, he's known for his sort of family films, Home Alone, things like that. Yeah. And then they suddenly got a very stylistic director. And for me, it was the third Harry Potter film that made me want to go back and read all the books. Mm. Um, and obviously we said this before about our, our entry into Potter world. But um, with this one, it, it, it was different. It was fresh. I think it helped because the 1920s and 30s have also got this totally different, quite, I, I like it, the sort of the stylish look. Yeah. I mean, the look of this film is great. It's a really stylish film. The The actors are dressed beautifully. They all look fantastic. Um, I think New York looks amazing throughout. Um, it's Considering actually, it's Liverpool. It's, yeah, a lot of it was actually filmed in Liverpool, which I think is really interesting. But it looks amazing. Um, really, yeah, you know, you really feel like it's there. And I think the, you know, I don't, don't want to give away too much about the plot, but there's the sort of losing and recapturing the creatures. And then there's also this amazing um, sort of McCarthy-like kind of Salem witch trials the what's it called the um arthur arthur miller what's the the crucible the crucible type um plot line Mm. where there's um no not emily samantha morton sorry um i'm forgetting everyone's names i'm really sorry everybody um samantha morton is playing this sort of really suspicious um kind of literally witch hunter yeah. Um, I was going to say it's like they're having a witch hunt, but they're actually <laughs> they are, having yes. a witch hunt. Um, and we also have Colin Farrell as well. Yeah, Colin Farrell is this incredible person on the inside, um, kind of secret agent um, who's working for you know their their equivalent of um, the you know the CIA FBI kind of thing called Makusa. Um, I thought they were sort of the equivalent of the Ministry of Magic. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the kind of, yeah, the Ministry of Magic, but, you know, the American version. Mm. So obviously it has an acronym. Yes, of course. (laughs) Because that's, you know, the FBI, the CIA, Makusa. And we have Ministry of Magic, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no one calls them that because we're British. Yes. Um, So we just call them the Ministry of Magic. Um, but yeah, he's fantastic. I thought he was really great. Fantastic American accent as well, actually, which has been a topic of discussion in our office, actually. Really? Um, yeah. Accent. What a great American accent he does. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise this was a thing that you had to watch out for with Colin Farrell, but apparently it is. Um, oh. So I, I thought I'd oh, mention that specifically in case anyone you, was concerned. It didn't wobble, did it? No, not no. at all. No, that's. No. I think that's the point. Oh right, I see. Um, <laughs> so, oh, previously it has then. I see. Right. Yeah, we have to look out. <laughs> but no, it's particularly good. Um, and yeah, this it's incredibly um, creepy, uh, sort of witch, literal kind of witch hunting um, plot with Samantha Morton, which genuinely frightening. 
um, I think that was the interesting thing that I, I did kind of feel like this was a film for grown-ups. Well, I was going to sort of ask you that. It did feel like it was aimed at Potter fans who are our age. Yeah. Well, it's a 12A, so which, which in case you don't know in the UK, that does mean that you can go to see it if you're under 12, but you need to be accompanied by an adult. Yeah. And this certainly had some much darker aspects to it. Absolutely. But it, I think it was aimed at a much older, it felt like the, the first sort of adult, I don't mean that in any, any dodgy way, Harry Potter story. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt like that. I mean, there there are child actors, but they are there as the family of the witch hunter. Mm. They're, you know, they're not the main characters. You know, the, all the main characters are grown-ups, basically. Yes, if you're a child, there, there isn't a main character like Harry or, or Ron or Hermione that you can kind of picture yourself as. This is, yeah, they're all grown up. And I, I suppose, really, the main interest for younger people are the amazing creatures. Which are, the special effects are fantastic. And also, some of the creatures are so cute and, fl- <laughs> and funny and amazing. They are brilliant. And, I mean, we did leave basically wanting to have them. Mm. The Niflis, as we Although it would be very difficult <laughs> for reasons that, I won't, again, I won't yes. go into. But we um, saw it in 3D, and I think that uh, that worked, especially in some of the animal scenes. It yes. certainly brought, helped them bring to life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't go and see loads of stuff in 3D, but for this, I think, yes, it's good fun, and it was really immersive. I thought it was really well done. So if you want to go and see it in 3D then do um it wasn't too dark or anything like that and it it was really great fun um but yeah i think it's not necessarily a kind of very children film i think it's probably more aimed at teenagers and actually grown-up people Mm. and i also think you could probably go and see it just as easily if you weren't really a big harry potter fan Yes, there, there's not. I think once you've got the concept of it, uh, I think it's quite easy as an entry level to. I think, yeah. I think the second film's going to feature Dumbledore, so as long as you know who he might be. Um, Which I think most, most people, people do have uh, the general a, idea of he was an important wizard of. Mm. But it'll be Hogwarts. interesting to see if they do try and join them up together. Mm. Uh, I mean, they tried to do that with the Hobbit, didn't they? Yes. It didn't quite work. <laughs> But maybe they've learnt the lesson of that mm. from how people reacted. So we shall see. But it was a big thumbs up from you and I. Absolutely. I think we both came out of it having really, really enjoyed it and just felt like it was the most wonderful okay, escapism. That I mean, I certainly felt just after having, you know, this sort of horrid time lately of all this you know, bad news and, you know, just generally 2016 being quite a depressing year in the world, that this was this most wonderful time of a couple of hours spent with these incredible creatures, just um, this kind of magical adventure. Really, really enjoyed it. Well, the second film we saw, which was also a uh, book-to-film adaptation, we were lucky enough to go to a preview screening of A Monster Calls, Yeah. thanks to Walker Books, uh, yes. so Entertainment One. Now, I have not read the, the book, 
Uh, you have, so I will, I will let you do the, the setup for this one. Yeah, so A Monster Calls is written by Patrick Ness, but it's based on an original idea by Siobhan Dowd. So um, Siobhan was an Irish writer, but um, unfortunately she was very ill and passed away before she was able to write this book. And Patrick Ness was basically invited to complete this idea which she had had to to actually write the book of the idea that Siobhan had had and I think perhaps he was a bit nervous about doing it properly but he said yes and so that's how A Monster Calls was written and um, the most well-known edition has these absolutely um incredible illustrations as well um i haven't got a copy on me now um the author's uh, the illustrator's name is jim and i uh, jim k that's the one jim k so he's, he's currently doing the potter yes illustrated ones for bloomsbury yes yes I was, his surname had gone out of my head then but thank you um so i've got that illustrated edition and it's it is just absolutely extraordinary and you can see that that is how the the look of this film has really been um inspired i knew that because he's credited in the yeah. film at the end yeah and i went oh right anyway yeah. continue sorry but there we are so the film has been in the works for a little while now and i knew this because uh, patrick is quite active on social media um he's been taking a bit of a step back on twitter but he still does do a bit of tweeting now and then he talks about class which is his uh, doctor who sort of series um set in Coal Hill Academy and uh, occasionally about um, Eurovision as well um, and he has his Instagram too which is often pictures of his cat um, but he does also talk about his other projects as well including this film so I found out that this film was happening through social media um, which is very very exciting so I've been looking forward to this film coming out because um, one of the things that Patrick's books are kind of renowned for is their emotional impact as I think they are very truthful uh, which means that when you read them they really bring home to you things that you have been thinking about or feeling but maybe you hadn't really put into words yourself or you haven't really talked to anyone about and then when you read it there you kind of go, oh my God, yeah, that's right. But perhaps you you just hadn't really articulated it um, to anyone before. And I think that's why people love his books so much. Um, so A Monster Calls is about uh, a young boy and his mum is very ill. She is undergoing treatment for cancer. And the boy... Uh, draws things and he is looking out of his window and there's a yew tree in a churchyard that he can see and he's sort of drawing the tree and he's sort of in his mind thinking, calling for help, for strength and this tree suddenly kind of becomes a monster. It's like he sort of summons this monster out of the tree 
and the tree says to him that he's going to call and tell call three times. So when it says a monster calls, it means like calls on him. And he's going to come three times and tell him three stories. And then the boy has to tell him his truth, his nightmare. So that's basically the structure of the story. And that's also how the film works. But um, I was not quite sure how the film was going to do this. Because the stories are these like these kind of fairy tales, these folk tales. Um, and the story, uh, the film does it by um, this kind of amazing kind of like watercolour animation. Mm. It was yes. stunning. It was so beautiful. I thought that, well, yeah, that was really, really beautiful. But I mean, do you want to talk a bit about the people who are in the film? Well, I was going Perhaps, to talk about my... You, were, you um, know, you were coming to it fresh. Yes. Well, it's, well. Um, Felicity Jones plays the, the mother of the mm. young boy and then Sigourney Weaver plays her mother. So it's very mm. much a family story. And then there's uh, a dad who is living abroad. Uh, mm. So the family sort of split up. Now, I'd heard about... I'd heard about A Monster Calls sort of through the grapevine, so to speak. Um, I hadn't read it, and we only saw the trailer for it, actually, <laughs> when we saw Fantastic Beasts. Mm. We're about halfway through, I went, oh, that's this film we're going to see on Monday. Um, and we were having drinks beforehand, and everyone was saying how emotionally intense it was, that they were oh. going to be there was going to be crying, and I think we heard some sniffles throughout the film. Yeah. <laughs> I heard some from the person sitting next to me, Kate. Yeah, uh, little bits. So I went in knowing that it was going to be an emotional story, and obviously the trailer told me roughly the scope, because I didn't know. All I'd seen was these this illustrated cover of a monster. I think in my head I might even have thought it was a sort of a fantasy sort of mm. set in another world and what it was it's actually quite a small confined story in a way but mm. i thought the way it was done like you said the animation took me by surprise um when, when the monster says who's played by liam neeson when the monster says i'm gonna tell you three stories i was wondering how they're gonna do that because you can't just have a monster talking to him and i thought the when the first animated sequence came on which is this sort of beautifully sort of washed out watercolour that sort of blends and bleeds into each other. I was like, wow. And I kind of got used, to, I was looking forward to those parts. Because sometimes mm. when you have, oh, I'm going to tell you three stories, it it does set up a predictable mm. plot. Mm. You know that there's me one, two, three. Yeah. But it was so well done and the stories were sort of like fables or you can read into them a number of different ways that I really, I really enjoyed that part. And the special effects of the monster coming, I mean, I think it's a fairly... This isn't from a mainstream Hollywood studio. Mm. I think this is, you could tell from the number of people, a lot of people have put lots of different money in. So mm. it's quite a small film, I think, but it's managed to attract a really good cast. And it's it was really well done. Cast. Really well done with the monster. It was kind of scary. It's just sort of... Mm. You can tell it's like this... Flaming inside yeah. tree that sort of causes havoc. Uh, as it, it does, as it doesn't goes. always behave predictably. No. You know, yeah. and the, the boy is, like, quite surprised by the way that the monster deals with the people in each story, which I thought was quite, you know, like the morals, in a way, are not mm. kind of what he expects. But it is about something that we're all going to have to go to, which mm. is losing the people we love and dealing with grief mm. or, or knowing that someone you love is going to pass away, like, in this case after a long illness and then also like how we treat ourselves in that situation how we allow ourselves to um behave 
you know, do we beat ourselves up for the way that we feel or do we allow ourselves to feel the way we do and, you know, all those, all those kind of things. So it's, it's like a really, it's a really important book, I think. And Mm. it's a really important film and it's also really beautiful. It's just, you know, the words and the look of it, the relationships between the characters, it's just so well done, so moving. And I would say, if you're like me, who hasn't, you haven't read it and you don't know much more than what we're telling you, I'd actually say don't watch the trailer because I think it did ruin a slight key moment about halfway through, mm. which I think if I'd not known about, it would have affected me more. But once a certain thing plays out, I remembered this scene from the film. Mm. And you still gasped well it was yeah there's there's one particularly shocking scene where like after one of the stories and when you actually and that was even even after i'd read the book Mm. and i knew it and it's when you actually see it it's so shocking to see it played out and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that's just happened. Well, I think I, I was shocked when I saw. I was shocked when I saw it in the trailer. Yeah. So the second time round, I yeah. was like, oh, this is the bit where blah, 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 thingy happens. Yeah. But um, definitely, it's. I'm, I'm not sure when it's actually released. How early we've um, it's seen it? End of January. End of January. Oh yeah. wow, cool. So yeah, we're, we're very lucky. So yeah. Well, well, it's not that long though. Actually, no, so it's like one, a month, a month and a half. Yeah, definitely um, one to look out yeah. for. Yeah, I'd I would highly recommend that. Um, if I mean the book is the book is obviously in shops now. You can get this, you know, this beautiful illustrated edition, um, and I would highly, highly recommend it. I think it's an absolutely beautiful story. It's just wonderful um, for any sort of young adult or any adult to be quite honest. It's just this most wonderful book, and do get the illustrated edition because um, it's just stunning. Um, and how close yeah. are the two together? Oh, very, very, very similar. Yeah, yeah, very similar indeed. Um, and do go and see the film when it comes out, but take tissues with you <laughs> um, because you will need them. <laughs> so there we go. So there we are. So do let us know your thoughts uh, on Fantastic Beasts if you've seen it, and also uh, let us know your thoughts on a monster cause if if you read the book. Uh, or, or, Tell us, if you listen to this in January, what you think of the film. You can get in touch in a number of ways, as uh, the people at the very start of the, of the podcast did. You can send us an email, contact at adventureswithwords.com. If you head over to adventureswithwords.com, the blog, you can leave a comment under any of the blog posts. You can leave us a speak pipe, just like Melissa did. And you can also send us a tweet, at Word Adventures. And you can also leave us a message over on the Facebook page. Yeah, so just a couple of thank yous. Thank you very much to Katie Weber for sharing um, last month's podcast. Um, I'm really glad that you liked our, um, our comments about wind drones. Um, and see you soon, I hope. Um, thank you very much to Walker and Entertainment One for inviting us along to the screening of Monster Calls. It was absolutely delightful. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think we've yeah. said thank you very much to everyone who got in touch last week already. So, yeah. Kate and I'll be back in a fortnight. If you'd like to follow what I'm up to, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Litzy and Snapchat at Rob Chilver. And um, if you'd like to follow me in the meantime, I'm um, in all the usual places at magic underscore kitten. I think probably next time um, we might be talking about some Christmassy things. I know. 
Christmas. Well, it's come around we're soon, haven't we? There, and we might it? have some kind of, after that, some kind of Christmas quizzy type we thing. We are. Yes, if you heard our last year's Christmas spectacular, which <laughs> book chase and a spectacular amount of cheating. Um, uh, hopefully whatever this year's Christmas spectacular will be will involve less uh, cheating. But yeah. hopefully just as much fun. And he doesn't know it yet, but we'll have to ask Darren. Yes, of course. He's now part of the Eventually Words family. He's in for a shock. Hi, Darren. Hi, Darren. (laughs) So that's it. Kate and I will be back in a fortnight, and thank you for listening.